Welcome to Verified Rx, your prescription for success. Brought to you by the Vizient Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence. It's moved from stress to now exhaustion. This past year has been incredibly trying for everyone worldwide, but especially for healthcare workers who are caring for COVID-19 patients. Naturally, that includes pharmacy staff who are on the front lines providing medications and direct patient care. I'm Gretchen Brummel, Pharmacy Executive Director in the Vizient Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence and your program host. Today, we are going to discuss how pharmacy staff can understand the issue, address it, and look forward to the future. Joining me to tell us how his staff are coping with the added strain is Dr. Daniel Abazia. He's the Director of Pharmacy at Capital Health in New Jersey. Welcome, Dan. Thanks, Gretchen. How is your staff doing these days and how are they coping with the stress? You know, they're doing okay. It's been interesting as this has gone on where I've seen stress levels go up and down, but they're feeling, I think, burnt out, many of them at this point. But I am still very impressed and fortunate that they still show up to work every day, you know, ready to do the job that they're trained for, not asking for any special favors. So that has been, you know, put a smile on my face despite a lot of this adversity. Can you give us some examples of what they're dealing with? Yeah, they are dealing with a number of of issues that really consume them on a day-to-day basis. Many of them, you know, have a, a home life that's been turned upside down, mainly because, like myself, our kids are learning from home in most cases. Our spouses and other significant others are working from home, or many are, including my own. And this has caused a strain, right? So there's no real separation from work and home life for many of us. In a way, myself, my staff included, are fortunate. We actually have a place to go where most people are stuck at home every day. That's keeping us a bit sane. We can at least go somewhere and do our job and and come home and, and have that sense of normalcy. We're also dealing with just an increasing number of COVID cases. While our normal hospital workload has not gone down, you know, it's come back to almost pre-pandemic levels, plus some call-outs and staff who have to be quarantined because of a COVID exposure. I've been lucky that most of my staff has not been COVID positive, but we've had a, a few who have been exposed through close contacts, and that puts a strain on the staff. So how have you changed your approach to helping your staff deal with stress? At first, when the pandemic hit, I felt almost exhilarating. We're in this unknown and we're on the front lines and we're going to deal with this. And there's a lot of energy. And I I tried to share that energy with the staff and my subordinates. And it worked for a bit. And as the pandemic wound down over the summer, kind of went back to normal. And I'm, I'm now actually struggling and needing to do a better job and helping my staff deal with this stress, going beyond listening and communicating. I mean, trying to identify or have my subordinates identify staff who might be struggling, whether it's burnout, whether it's reactions of stress, interacting with a teammate in the pharmacy, and all of a sudden something negative happens. And instead of casual conversation, it could blow up into a full-blown argument. Those types of things, trying to identify and address and give the staff the room to talk about it and or the break that he or she may need. And how are you monitoring your staff through this? Yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> I'll say that just because we have a staff between both hospitals, my institution as a two hospital system, approximately 85, including myself, 
So a lot of it is using the managers and coordinators that we have to oversee their own staff, making sure that we have pretty continuous communication. So we have a daily, probably like many departments, a daily staff huddle where, where information can be shared. And I can learn a little bit, you know, reading between the lines of what people say of what might be going on. And for me, honestly, in getting the other management staff to just do our own rounds, you know, the, the best way that I've learned and what I've learned from mentors is really manage by walking around to really get a sense and just check in to see how people are doing and say, you know, how are you doing? You know, ask about their kids and really get a sense of how they're doing. And if they just, oh, I'm okay. And I'll say, no, really, how are you doing? Trying to ask those probing questions and, and get others to ask that as well, their supervisors, so that we could identify any issues as soon as possible and give someone a break, whether it's a day off or a new assignment. Well, the pandemic has been going on for some time now, and the constant pressure makes it all the more difficult. What have you seen change from the beginning of the pandemic? It's moved from stress to now exhaustion. Stress is one thing I think, you know, we've all felt it right in day to day. You know, we have stressful days, but typically we can go home and recharge a bit over a weekend. It's not going to last for months. And now in many of the staff, especially those that are in more direct patient care roles, it has increased to people looking exhausted and now kind of turning from stress to burnout, right? Where their emotions are diminished and depleted. The biggest piece is that the pandemic has been relentless. It's not going to go away like a natural disaster right away or we could rebuild from. It's still ongoing. There's some light at the end of the tunnel we see with the vaccine on the horizon. But that's really how I've seen it. It's kind of moved from stress to exhaustion to even in some cases trauma. So how do we break that cycle? It's not easy as I'm learning. Some folks have better resources than others to do individually. And what I mean by that is resiliency. Resiliency, you know, being the ability to adapt, to address quick changes in your environment and respond to them without getting too overwhelmed. And some staff have done that better than others. And so, you know, I'm now quickly learning it's my job to help build resiliency in the staff. And so some ways that we're doing, and I say we because it's definitely not me, it's other management staff pharmacists, technicians, you know, those who are kind of the small L leaders in my department, by looking at workload, addressing uh, fairness in, in scheduling, rewarding folks who are doing a, beyond a good job. I, I would say everyone's doing a good job, but those really going above and beyond giving special rewards through, you know, my own institution's employee rewards program to trying to give them time off if possible, while also addressing individual well-being, you know, promoting mindfulness exercises. No one wants to hear from me as their director. Oh, Dan's telling me to eat well and, and get sleep. Well, they don't need me to tell them that, but making sure that they have access and that it's something that if the institution's providing, they can get. And lastly, addressing culture within our organization. I've recently learned something that I've done, I think inherently, but I need to do a better job is the four A's of building resilience, which is the first day being acknowledge, acknowledging a staff, second being appreciate and showing appreciation for them, third being acceptance, acceptance of current, you know, the environment and, and what we're capable of. And last A being accommodate, making accommodations when necessary for staff. In addition to the four A's, what else has worked for your staff? 
it's been interesting because there's been no magic formula just yet that we've found. Number one is making people aware of our employee assistance program, as well as our mental health and pastoral care services, uh, you know, which we fortunately have robust programs within Capital Health. But more importantly, really is really trying to encourage staff to highlight what makes them tick, especially now where there's not many places for us to go besides work, at least for us and home. We want to meet the staff where they are. And so like any family, we have our trials and tribulations, but ultimately we're here to support each other because like any family, the better patient care will be provided. And that's interesting. So how did you come up with your approach? It's been a learning process and I'd say a work in progress. It has probably been with me for a while. Even as a kid growing up, I uh, you know, was born with congenital heart condition. And overall, I've lived a pretty normal life, but with some limitations early on and having you know multiple surgeries in the past, even as a young adult and going through pretty consistent medical checkups throughout, you know, since I could remember, it's built my own resilience and showed me, you know, to be a little bit more empathetic toward others and, and know that, you know, sometimes life isn't always great, but it can get better. But also you have to, you know, adapting and modifying expectations is not a bad thing. And that along with a significant medical issue with my wife a few years ago, again, helped put things more in perspective and and just kind of puts me on a level that can help address similar concerns. What else can be done from a system perspective? Again, those four A's, acknowledge, appreciate, accept, and accommodate from a system level can go a long way with all staff from pharmacy to nursing to environmental services and you name it. Promoting our own employee assistance programs We're lucky enough to have both pretty robust mental health and pastoral care programs at our institution that have offered and can do quite a bit. We have a wellness program that has done more to reach out to staff. It's really now to encourage department heads, managers, supervisors to really kind of meet the staff where they are, make sure that they're aware of these resources and find something that fits because what works for me won't necessarily work for Gretchen. That's the big piece I think institutions can do as well. Providing there's a number of free online resources and apps for mindfulness and guided imagery, things that people may benefit from when they're not working. Obviously, there are a lot of unknowns as we head into the next phase of the pandemic. What are some of your thoughts for the future? Well, I'm actually seeing some positivity that there is a light at the end of this tunnel as a vaccine becomes available and we can get it into people, I think that the coming year will show improvements. And really my hope for the future is that we learn a lot of lessons and make some changes to healthcare. You know, I think we've learned what does work pretty well and what hasn't. And through a crisis sometimes comes good opportunities for change. Dan, thanks for joining us today to share your insights. And to our listeners, please join us for more Verified Rx podcasts. Subscribe today like us and send us your comments. We're so glad you joined us today. Verified Rx is your prescription for success and is brought to you by the Vizient Center for Pharmacy Practice Excellence. I'm Gretchen Brummel. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.